Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go In Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts, and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Dean Michael Jordan, and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It's wonderful to talk with you. Today is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, and as we walk through Lent, our texts this week relate to the theme of the cry of the poor, and we're looking at biblical texts which challenge uh, our relationship with money, and it's a real uh, challenging text, I think, for many, a a challenging theme for many uh, American Christians, but it's also a really important one for us to be thinking about together if we want to follow Jesus with the fullness of our lives. So today I want to read for you. As always, there are three texts. I'll just share one with you in depth. Uh, the three texts for the day are Psalm 113, Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 11, and James 2, 1 to 7. And I'd like to share with you today on the text from the book of James. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? So uh, don't um, don't make too much of this, but I do feel sometimes like James is almost over the top. <laughs> uh, you know, this situation is a little bit over the top, right? Like the idea that someone comes in and is just dressed very finely and you say, have a seat here. And then someone who comes in is poor and you say, well, get over there. Like you think that, I mean, that's not something that I would do. I mean, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, and, and of course, maybe it didn't occur to the people who were reading this at first, but you think to yourself, like, I would never do this. Like, I, I know enough to to be kind to everyone and to not make those kinds of distinctions you just kind of feel like, James, I mean, this should be obvious. Maybe it wasn't obvious 2,000 years ago, James, when you wrote this, but it's really obvious to me now. But, you know, if you look closer at the modern world, I I think you would see a world that has not fully learned this lesson. I, I was, th- you know, whenever I'm teaching about worship, uh, and that's part of my job here at Houghton, if you don't know, like I teach courses about worship to people, I just realize how much modern evangelical worship is almost entirely built around catering to middle class, upper class sensibilities. Um, like you think about the kinds of people who we, for instance, invite into uh, worship leadership, right? Like we make music A look like a rock concert, but also B, most importantly, having people who are like tastefully attractive leading music. Like how often do we see a real cross section of God's people um, leading worship? How often do we see 
homely people? How often do we see disabled people? How, you know, how often are the people who are leading us young, able-bodied, charismatic, as opposed to a real cross-section of who we are? Um, you know, you realize, too, when you look at the way modern uh, evangelical churches set up their, um, even the way they set up their sanctuary, we build church around people's limited desire to interact with other people. Like, we really respect how someone coming to our church might just kind of want to be on their own. And so we put stadium seating in with armrests on both sides so a person doesn't have to sit next to someone else in a pew. And we don't have, you know, most modern churches, uh, evangelical churches, would not have, um, you know, kind of a greeting time where a person has to, like, go out of their way to make an uncomfortable interaction um, with someone else. And we even, you know, without getting too deep into all of this, I mean, we even encourage connection through a screen, even when you're there, so that often people, um, people do not interact with a speaker in the same way that they would interact in a, with a speaker in a large group, but they're given the kind of illusion of one-to-one -one conversation with the preacher. Um, and all of this, right, is built around the idea of, like, we, we want people to come to Jesus, and so uh, there's a very good-hearted kind of desire to not put up extra barriers to them coming to Jesus. We need to kind of respect their sensibilities. And, but we fail sometimes to realize, like, what the poor need from worship, really, is not more privacy and more isolation. Being impoverished is a tremendously uh, isolating and alienating thing. And so um, if worship were built around the needs not only of wealthy people accustomed to privacy, but poor people desperately in need of connection, our worship might look different. Um, we certainly, you know, are very aware of those in our church who are wealthy, and we are careful of, about talking about topics which could possibly offend wealthy and powerful donors. And we do that even when those topics really have a profound impact on the poor, right? We, we don't talk about, um, it, you know, sometimes in the name of not being political, right, we don't talk about things that impact people who have very little political power, in our nation and in the world. And so there's a lot really in our life together that privileges people who already have connections and privileges those kind of sensibilities and really doesn't privilege people who are too powerless or too foreign or too inconvenient or too challenging to let them speak. You know, meanwhile, as James would say, there's a reality that it's those middle and upper class sensibilities which make the church face a real challenge going forward, <laughs> right? Like James would probably look at us to say to us today and say, is it not the middle and upper class people who have an entirely private understanding of sex and gender, which makes it really hard for you to proclaim a traditional sexual ethic? Well, yeah, it is. It's not primarily the poor people who are looking to sort of undermine these things, right? Is it not? Is it not the middle and upper class of among you who have a very private understanding of wealth, which makes it very hard for your church to look like the church in Acts 2, which shares all things in common. It makes it hard for people to encounter their money as anything other than their own. So, you know, we look at what James has said and we think he's so over the top, we would never do this. But this is actually fairly <laughs> rooted in white evangelical culture. James is not as over, top, over the top as we think. And so it does us good, I think, to realize and to think about in what ways are those kind of middle class, upper class values really opposed to the gospel? And how do we begin to build 
conversation around these things in our church so that all can grow together and so that our churches can be really really be places for everyone. God, we long that for that to be the case in our churches. We don't want to be places that just kind of prop up a group of people and never offend them. We want to be the kind of places which proclaim the fullness of the gospel uh, for the ways that that's difficult edges in our culture and also for the ways in which it reveals a deeper love than most people have ever experienced. We pray you'll give us wisdom and insight how to do this, how to really value the poor among us rather than simply catering to the sensibilities of the powerful. This is hard work and it can only be done by the power of your spirit. So we pray for that spirit to be active and we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. A privilege as always to speak with you. We'll look forward to again tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.